welcome Nexus Church family online to our series in the book of Mark that's self-titled. In the series, we're exploring the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. If you have more questions or if you would like to get a hold of us, go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the information on there as well as emailing nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, but we'd love to connect with you and help you to connect to Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series in the book of Mark. Uh, through this series, we've been just taking a look at the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. We've talked a lot about differing thoughts and subjects, including last week's, what does it mean to be great? You see, James and John, Jesus' close disciples, thought that they needed to be at his left side and his right side when he came to power, and they were so confused, of course, about what Jesus was coming to do in the first place, but then to desire power. What does that mean? What does that mean for us personally, and what does it mean for Christianity as a whole in our society, or in any society for that matter? Uh, what does it mean to be great? And of course, Jesus says it is by serving and by glorifying God. And now this week, Jesus is continuing his trek to Jerusalem, where he would be, of course, uh, tried and tempted and ultimately sacrificed himself on the cross for us and get ridiculed and beaten and tortured all to give us the ability to have access to the Father, to be in heaven for all of eternity. And as he was on the road, he was surrounded by many people. And today we're going to take a, a look at this passage where Jesus, in the midst of all this, has time to look down on somebody who was blind. And so we will be reading from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, and then we're going to examine what does healing, what does wholeness look like in our personal lives when it looks so different in the time of Jesus to today. So let's begin and read this short passage. Verse 46 in Mark chapter 10 says, They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, there was a large crowd. And Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, son of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet. But he was crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Imagine the scene, right? I mean, he's at the top of his lungs screaming out. He knows that his time to say hi to Jesus was very short and limited as he was passing by. Then Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage, get up. He's calling for you. <laughs> Love this. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, the blind man said to him, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. What an interesting scene we have here, right? Again, remember, Jesus was on his trek to Jerusalem. 
This was like the final stop, right? In the very next chapter, we open up with Jesus' triumphant entry. When all the crowds that were following him, as the scriptures say right here, they had massive following him and the disciples around him. And so as he's approaching Jerusalem, just about there, with the crowd surrounding him, and undoubtedly the stress and the pressure of knowing about what was to happen. Like, like this is the same Jesus who, while he was praying to the Father, sweat drops of, drops of blood because he was under such pressure, stress, anxiety. Jesus had all of the emotions that we carry on ourselves on him. He knew it was coming. And so in the midst of that, he stopped to engage a blind beggar who just happened to have a name. Now, we have to understand the importance of this because in Jesus' day, it was like almost a curse from God to have an infirmity of any kind whether it was blindness or or you were lame or you had leprosy or or you couldn't talk it was considered a curse from god and so not only was jesus pressed by all the people in the crowd and the anxiety of these people is continually pressing upon him and his own disciples just moments ago he is having to correct them again about what it means to be great you have the, the stress of what's going to happen when you enter Jerusalem and you get thrown into this mass of chaos of crowds loving you and then turning on you in like a blink of an eye. He had all of it. And then he stops to a beggar who had a name. Now some commentaries state that, that this, this person wasn't the, the first guy to have the blindness in his family. This was something that was passed down from his own father. And so there was a, a history of being blind in this family. So this is almost like a double curse. And then on top of that, Jesus is busy. You see, Jesus cares about our wholeness. In the midst of all this craziness, everything that's going on, Jesus slowed down to care for one person the person whose life would be forever changed by just one simple moment with Jesus that's all it was Jesus went and said your faith has healed you that was it go <laughs> but not only does Jesus show this compassion and, and this love in the midst of everything going on. Bartimaeus, or Bart if we want to shorten his name, he displayed a, a bunch of characteristics that I believe are important for us to just briefly take a look at before we jump into being made whole today. Listen to, to what he did in this passage, this very brief passage, he displays some characteristics I think are very important for us to understand when we approach Jesus and ask him to either heal us or someone we love. 
And the first thing that he did was he had this strong faith. Right? We, we read in the passage that when the crowd started calling out to him to not bother Jesus, to be careful, they warned him, don't do it. Stay away. You're not worthy. Right? What did he do? He cried out even more. He had such boldness of faith that he wasn't willing to back down no matter what. He was bold. And the second thing is, he, he, that, is that he accepted that he was a sinner. Right? Twice he called out, have mercy on me. He knew where he stood with God. He admitted he was a sinner. Have mercy on me. I don't deserve to be made whole. Have mercy on me. And then the next scene, we see that he recognized Jesus as Lord. Right? He cried out more. That boldness of faith. He admitted that he didn't deserve it. He was a sinner. And then he admitted that Jesus was Lord. He called out and said, Rabbi, meaning you're Lord. teacher, like a teacher that only God could be. He admitted that Jesus was indeed who he said he was. Kind of fascinating that, that a blind beggar understood when so many didn't get it. Even his own disciples were confused so often. But not only did he have great faith and call out? Not only was he humble and asked for forgiveness, asked for mercy, not only did he understand the importance of who Jesus was, he, he expected that Jesus would indeed make him whole. He expected. Right when Jesus called out to him and said, Come, what did he do? <laughs> he jumped up, threw off his jacket, and ran to Jesus. He knew that if God himself, Jesus, would be attentive to him, would actually call him to come, he knew that his time had come and he would be healed. Because he had full confidence that if he approached the throne of this God in the form of Jesus, he would be healed. And then lastly, as you see, he gave up his life follow Jesus. What did Jesus tell him? Go, right? Go. Your faith has saved you. Go. But what did Bartimaeus do? What did Bart do? He gave it all up. He didn't go back to his family. Whether or not he had anything to go back to, we don't know. Beggars were obviously not very wealthy and didn't have much to go to. But he still gave it all up. He gave up his family. He gave up whatever he did have. And he gave his life to follow Jesus. Now, of course, we don't have any kind of records of where Bartimaeus ended up. But we know that he had confidence. He had faith. He was humble enough to admit his failures and his weakness. He had full confidence that Jesus was, in fact, Lord. And that if he could come into his presence, he would be made whole. And then he gave up his life gave it all up. Now I want to admit today that these stories as, as amazing and as powerful as they are and these truths that we just pulled out from this 
brief passage about Jesus himself having great care for us and about our need to come to Jesus and believe fully and, and accept and admit our weakness and our inability to be made whole on our own. As powerful as, as these truths can be, we can walk away from this kind of passage and just say, what does it have to do with me today? It seems so foreign. In, in America, this, this doesn't seem like it adds up to anything that we can do with, with it. I mean, now, honestly, we've, we know that this happens in, in the world as a whole. We, we hear of stories, whether it's in some eastern country or maybe in Africa or even in South America, in Latin America, we hear of stories. And maybe you yourself have experienced a, a trip where you've seen it happen. I, I myself have experienced a, a demon-possessed lady who came to the altar in Tanzania and was healed of her demon possession. Like, they laid hands on her, prayed for her, and she was out cold, right? Like, intense, crazy. And of course, they take her back and, and they restore her and welcome her into the family and they walk with her so that the, the demons don't come back in her, right? And so that she can live a whole life freed from demon possession. We hear of these passages, we hear of these, these wonderful things around the world, but, but how does that impact us today in the Western world where it seems so far away and distant? Does God truly make us whole or are we left alone in America well I want to submit to you today if you have the same faith the same confidence that Bartimaeus had I believe you too can be made whole though it may be different than what you think being made whole is and so let's take a look at this today Obviously, we know from scriptures and what we just read that Jesus wants to make you physically whole. That's an assumption that we're going to already lay aside. But as we go forward, remember that your physical being affects more than just your physical. It affects all these other aspects. And likewise, they impact your physical aspect of your being as well. So today, we're going to take a look at not only your physical well-being, we're going to look at your emotional and your mental well-being. We're going to look at your relational well-being. And then lastly, your spiritual well-being. All of these make up who you are. One of them being out of whack will affect all the other ones. They intertwine. And if you want to be a whole person who sees freedom, we want to see every one of these aspects to become whole. Now again, on the onset, we want to also make the statement that, that we will never fully experience wholeness until we meet Jesus face to face and we go into his presence for all of eternity. But today, I believe that we can all work towards wholeness. And for many of us, we may need to seek outside help to get us to that place. Obviously, your church family is a place where wholeness can, can become a reality with the help of brothers and sisters, but for some, we may need biblical counselors who walk with us and help us to understand some of these deep things that have happened to us. They're real. And so with that as an understanding, let's talk about some of these areas in your life where wholeness can be found. 
The first one today is emotional or mental wholeness. Uh, many, I understand, struggle to grasp how God sees your mental and emotional well-being. It's, it's not something that maybe we see a lot of in Scripture, and it can be a very confusing thing, and maybe you've been taught wrongly about your mind and your emotions. Many of us have grown up in families where those kinds of things were stuffed, and we don't talk about them. But I want to tell you today that a big part of why we experience really sicknesses is due to your emotions or your mind. I, I just want to come with the onset of, think about your, your relationships. Think about your physical being. How much of that is working with how you think, how you feel? You think or feel wrongly. It leads everything in a direction sickness or brokenness or a disconnection with God or others. Your emotional well-being is directly connected to your physical wholeness that we just read that Jesus wants to make whole. He wants to make it whole. And how many, how many maybe you yourself or somebody you know has been physically wrecked because of anxiety, depression, stress. The list can go on. In the last few years with COVID just going rampant and causing so much disruption, how many people have not been able to process the stress and the constant shifting and changing of our of our current situation and where it's going and, and because of that have burnt out or have just gone all out in the depressed mode because they don't know what to do. This can go on. I want to tell you today that Jesus cares about where you're at internally. Whether it's your emotions or your mind. He wants you to think wholly. He wants you to feel the peace that passes all understanding. Listen to some of these passages I found, and you can do a search for yourself. Uh, Psalm 147 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He wants to bring peace to your mind. Right? Part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, patience. Right? God desires to make you whole emotionally and in your mind. It affects so much. It affects so much. And so today, if you're struggling in one of those areas, I, I couldn't encourage you more to reach out. You won't find healing until you first reach out to Jesus and ask him to help you. But you also need others to help you walk through 
this season. Depression, anxiety, maybe suicidal thoughts are nothing to play around with. Don't waste your life in a place of despair or discouragement. Reach out. God doesn't just want to make you emotionally or in your mind healthy, your internal being mind. He also wants to make you relationally whole as well. Let me tell you this. When relationships are broken, it affects every aspect of your being. Isn't that true? I mean, think about all of the examples you could come up with, right? The old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Or how about when you walk in, the boss is having a bad day, everybody's affected, everybody's walking on eggshells, right? When people are in a bad place, it affects you. When you're in a bad place, it affects others. God doesn't want that, right? Go back to the beginning when God created man and woman. What did he say? (laughs) It is good for them to come together. I make them one. The original intent of marriage was for unity between two individuals, man and woman, coming together and becoming so close that you can't tell where they begin or end. Still individuals, but now becoming one. We read this also in John 17, verses 20 through 23. I just want to quickly read this little passage. This is now Jesus talking about us as Christians as followers of him, this is his desire for them. I pray not only for these, now that was referring to everybody in the world, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may know that you sent me. I have given them the glory you've given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they may be completely one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. When our unity is broken, when we have relationships that are in disrepair, it affects things. And as Jesus was talking here, for the Christians that make up his church, whether it's a local body or Christianity as a whole, when our relationship is broken it affects our witness to the world around us listen to how paul put it in romans 15 5 through 6 he said may god who gives this patience and encouragement help you live complete in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for the followers of christ jesus then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to god Our connection, our relationships matter to the kingdom of God. A powerful, powerful example of this is given to us in Acts chapter 2. Again, it's a very quick little passage to highlight this. But this was just after the Holy Spirit had come. And then Peter talks to all those people who were not believing what was going on. They were criticizing, telling them that they're drunk, telling them they're out of their minds, they're crazy. Had no clue what was going on, right? Peter gets up and he proclaims a powerful word to them and explains everything that had just happened. All the way back from the Old Testament, all the way up to Jesus and now the Holy Spirit coming. And then 
after that, after there was this mighty move of God, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Right? They were coming together, relationally connected. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Right? Unity. Everybody was just sold out for the same vision. To proclaim Jesus Christ. Now all believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as they had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Now of course that day is not today, right? There are so many differences in their culture and, and how they lived and how they were able to raise funds and everything was so different. But the point was, was that they were together every day. They had the same vision. They were connected and God was moving. There was a powerful move of God when there was that commonality, that unity, that relational wholeness. See, we always think of blessings in the terms of finances and health and, and, and getting everything we need taken care of because we have this Western mindset of what it means to be blessed and to have the favor of God when truly in the Bible the favor of God was when His presence was powerful and moving and bringing people to the kingdom of God. That was blessing. That was favor. That was when relational connection was happening. You see, capitalism or the Western world is all about individual uh, success and power and taking care of oneself. God's kingdom isn't like that. God's kingdom is about the family, taking care of one another, fighting for the same cause, the cause of the kingdom of Christ. And when that happens, God moves healings occurred, miracles happened, all their needs were being met. It's a backwards way in our world of being successful, but it's God's way. It's God's way. So Jesus cares about a relational wholeness, but we have to understand that relational wholeness comes when we say no to ourselves care about others and about God. And when we do that, we will have relational wholeness. But Jesus cares about that. He wants us to run to him for that physical, that, re that uh, mental and that emotional wholeness. He wants us to have unity. And that comes when we give up ourselves and care about others. About Jesus. He cares about all these things, but more than anything, his ultimate desire is to bring spiritual wholeness. All of these other things, though you can find some wholeness emotionally, relationally, mentally, physically, we can find wholeness in this world. And maybe that's part of the problem in America is we can, we can kind of bandage our wholeness by 
buying more stuff and making ourselves temporarily happy. We can go to physicians and get medication and make ourselves physically better. We can go to counselors and we can get ourselves emotionally better. But spiritually, we can't be made whole any other way but through Jesus. Those other ways will bandage those areas of wholeness, but they can never truly become fully whole unless you're spiritually whole. This is the linchpin. Without this, everything else falls apart eventually. You see, Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 14, 6, there is no way to be complete spiritually but through Jesus. Then, of course, John 3, 16 says that he gave himself. The way that he gives us access to the Father is because he gave himself. He gave himself up on the cross. He died a horrible death being accused and ridiculed. He, he sacrificed in a way we couldn't because we never lived a perfect life, but he did. So he gives us access. Right? I, Isaiah 53, 5 put it this way, this graphic picture of how Jesus performed this in, in kind of like in a conclusion form. He said he was pierced for our rebellion, right? He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. So beautiful. So we could be made whole. Jesus died for our ultimate wholeness, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally, all. Oh, Jesus died so you could be whole. Think about that. Bartimaeus got it. He understood. I don't fully understand how he knew and understood the way he did, but he had connected it. He connected Isaiah 53, 5 to Jesus. Before Jesus even died on the cross, he understood that he could be made whole. And that's why, exactly why he gave his life to follow Jesus. Because he understood that he was new and that it was only through Jesus. And if he stayed with Jesus, he would remain whole. Jesus makes us whole. And here's the beautiful thing. He just doesn't leave us hanging, right? He doesn't say, you're whole now. Have a great life. Right? He gives us power through the Holy Spirit that was given on that day of Pentecost for us to live a whole life. He just doesn't say, well, someday when I come back, you can have a whole life. You're going to have to live 80 years or wherever, give or take, a few decades. But while you're doing that, you're going to have a miserable life. Sorry. Fight. Good luck. No, he gives us the Holy Spirit. Listen to 1 Peter 2.24. He says, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, right? So he made us whole, personally, so that we can be dead to sin. 
that former life that we lived, when we were racked spiritually, maybe we were bandaged up physically and emotionally, relationally and mentally. Maybe we had some bandages up that were, they were keeping us together and making us pretty decent. And we had some happiness, but we were struggling. Now Jesus came and he made us whole. And not only do we, not only are we dead to sin, we live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. You are healed for all of eternity. You are healed for here on earth. You are healed to live a life for God. That's so good. There's such a promise. He just doesn't leave us hanging here on the rest of our time on earth to just fight it out. No, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Right? The, the proof of that is in Galatians 3, 22 through 24 where, where Paul tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, right? This is, this is part of what God has given us. It's proof. It's fruit. When you accept Jesus, you will have love. You'll have joy, you'll have peace, you'll have patience, you'll have kindness, you'll have goodness, you'll have gentleness, you'll have self-control. You will have all these things. Are we perfect? Do we fall? Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. We won't be perfect until we meet Jesus in heaven, but you have that power available to you every day if you choose to pick it up. You just leave it sitting there and don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You leave it, and you live according to the flesh. God doesn't want that for you. You need to choose every day. I need the Spirit to empower me, to spend that time in His presence, to give you that, that fuel you need, that reminder you need, whatever that looks like for you. You need to go to Jesus and say, today, I need you. With you. I can be whole. I can live exactly the way you called me to. And if I'm living according to your ways, I know that you will empower me. I know that you will give me the ability to have the mental ability, the emotional ability, the physical ability to do what you called me to. Again, as long as we're on earth, we're not perfect. We're not 100% whole. That is what we will read next. Because someday, we will be 100% made whole. Listen to the beautiful passage in Revelation 21 that many probably have heard at a funeral a time or two. It's shared frequently, but it's such a promise that we need to be reminded of because all of this world has to offer is so, so far from what we get for all of eternity. For those who've made Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord, this promise is for us. We know that what God's Word says is true. And this is a promise that He gives us. In Revelation 21, verses 3 through 4. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, I love this. God's dwelling 
is with humanity and will live with them. Like, that's going back to our spiritual wholeness, right? Jesus is, is the only way to the Father. He gives us that access, and someday he will enter into our presence, or will enter into his presence, better stated, We'll be with him forever. He will live with us every day. You will be in the presence of God and you will know full well of his goodness. Continuing on. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Then he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That emotional thing that you're dealing with right now, that thing that's just plaguing your mind and won't stop, will be gone. He'll wipe it away. Death will be no more. <sighs> Grief, crying, pain, physical, emotional, mental pain, relational pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. They are no more. We have that promise given to us. We may never experience absolute wholeness on earth. That's not a promise that Jesus gives. He gives us avenues for experiencing better life, more wholeness, not riches and fame and power. That's not what Jesus gives. He gives us the peace, the joy that no matter what we're going through we can experience his presence that is the promise of being whole we lay down our lives to serve others and to glorify God and when we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive every day when we get up and go be as whole as we can on this planet. And so today, wherever you're at, if you're going through difficulty, whether it's emotional, mental, relational, physical, spiritual, I encourage you to reach out, whether you reach out to us, send us a message through email, nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. You can text us, direct message us on Facebook, Nexus Church, Thief River Falls. Google us, connect with us, or you tell a friend something you're going through, that you are praying, just like Bartimaeus, believing and expecting God to move on, and we will walk with you and encourage you and remind you every day that God is there to make you whole. Whatever that looks like on this planet, God will make you whole, and he will give you strength in the meantime. So, Father, I pray that each person listening today will understand that you care, that you want and desire them to be made whole. God, you are good, you are kind, you are gracious, and your love is unbelievable, beyond anything we could ever imagine. And so I pray that these people, maybe right now, who are going through a very hard season, that you will encourage them, that you will remind them that you care, and that you are with them, and that he, they have people surrounding them who will fight with them and won't leave their side.
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, Nexus Church family online. We'll see you again real soon.